Hey, do you teach yoga? Have you ever trained to lead yoga classes to be a yoga therapist? Have you ever owned a yoga studio? Maybe even just wondered what it was like for the women and men up there in front of the room on their mats, leading you through endless Surya Namaskars, down dogs, and pranayamas galore? Well, these are their stories and mine. I'm Rebecca Sebastian, a 20-year yoga teacher, 10-year yoga therapist, yoga studio owner, and co-founder of a yoga-focused nonprofit. I've done a lot in the yoga world over the last 20 years, pretty much everything except had a water cooler. You know, a place to share stories, talk about struggles, successes, and find other people who do the same thing that I do. Welcome to Working in Yoga, a podcast and substitute water cooler for yoga folks to connect and build community, to share our unique profession, our challenges, and our journeys with the world. Hey friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. So this week I am posting a conversation I had with my friend Sarah Jane Smith back in January of 2022. Sarah Jane is talking all things about niching and her experience shifting her career into serving a more niche down clientele. Also, but before we get started, I want to mention that Working in Yoga has a new website www.workinginyoga.com. And you, of course, can listen to all of our podcast episodes there, but also you can read our blog. Up until now, I've been posting my writing on Medium. I've pulled those blogs, put them on the website, and there's an opportunity for you to contribute too. So if you have something to say about the yoga industry and your experience of working in yoga, go ahead and submit for our blog. I would be so excited to hear what you have to say. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with Sarah Jane Smith. Hey friends, welcome to Working in Yoga. This week, I am so excited to have a chat with Sarah Jane Smith. Now she is in Salt Spring Island, British Columbia in Canada. And she is actually, she just turned her camera around and I got to see the most beautiful view out her window. So let's all be jealous about her amazing view. And Sarah Jane is going to come and tell us everything she does. So welcome, Sarah Jane. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks. Um, yeah, I'm on Salt Spring Island. It uh, is the traditional unceded territory of the Hulkaminum and the Sanchosan-speaking people. And I'd just like to say that I'm honored uh, to be working and living and playing on this land that's been so respectfully cared for for way a time way beyond that I can comprehend. And I hope that I can continue to steward this land in a good way. I love that. So tell us about what you do for working in yoga. Okay, well, I'm a longtime yoga teacher. I've been teaching for about 11 years and a student for about 15. I worked for a long time before I moved to Salt Spring for uh, Moksha Moto Yoga, teaching at uh, their studio in Nanaimo. When I moved to Salt Spring, I started my own studio so it's in the downstairs of my house and uh, the small studio has eight students maximum and I ran that for in my sixth year when in uh, March 2020 we <laughs> were forced to close 
you know, initially two weeks. And here we are almost two years later. And I'm, me and my dog are the only inhabitants of the yoga studio. So since then, I, just like many other yoga teachers in that, you know, initial two week period scrambled and thought, oh, well, I'll, I'll just, I'm doing just in air quotes, just <laughs> teach online. It'll be great. Uh, and, you know, it was really great in that time. It was a really great time to, to start. And I think it still is a great time to start teaching online because people were so forgiving, you know, you could like yes. have the wonky <laughs> audio and like, Oh, oops, my camera's like pointing up my nose kind of thing. And people <laughs> just were so happy to, to be taking yoga classes. So I started a monthly men- membership with, you know, live stream classes and recorded classes for my students of my brick and mortar studio, which is called the nest yoga. And I still have that going. I have a very small uh, but dedicated group of folks who have supported me throughout this whole time. And so I'm very, very happy to keep providing that service for them. But one thing I did discover was that niching, you know, everybody talks about niching, that it's actually a thing. It is a thing that (laughs) needs to happen when you move online. Because when I was in person, my niche was that I was my geographical location, right? I was on Salt Spring Island. It's a small place, has a population of 10,000 people. So that was my niche. Online, that's no longer my niche. So what do I, what do I do? And so it took me quite a while to sort of like figure out really like what is my unique perspective? What do I have to offer that it isn't really being offered by anybody else and something that I can uniquely speak to with, uh, with, with a lived experience and uh, like passion and empathy behind it. And so I settled on working with the childless, not by choice community. That's my experience. Uh, somebody who wanted to have children and for quite a few reasons, didn't work out and so um childless not by choice and through that that infertility journey and and through my experience of being childless I personally relied on my yoga practice uh, to help get me through in all kinds of different ways so I thought well if it helped me chances are it could help somebody else so I have sort of developed a new wing of my business that is working only online with that segment of the population. That was a very long answer, but now you have the full picture. But it's a really good answer and actually brought up a bunch of questions in my brain that I want to talk about because you address like this whole journey, right? And I think so many of us who had, you know, I'm I'm with you, right? Brick and mortar March 2020. And I I almost feel like I should have like somebody go bum, bum, bum in the background. Like we all have that but March 2020 moment, right? And then everything got turned on its head. And then we all kind of, those of us who have chosen to stay online or maybe do hybrid, like my business is allowed to be in person, but also I have online business as well. Like 
that evolution of how we got to where we are today, I think is really fascinating because at first I didn't feel prepared to have something to say to a specific audience online. I don't know if you felt the same way, but tell us a little bit about how that evolution happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't, it wasn't, you know, a big light bulb moment. And then all of a sudden launched into it. There was a lot of fumbling around and, and uh, how do I speak to this specific audience when my current audience are people who came to general yoga classes in my brick and mortar studio, you know, so the, the whole uh, thing about being online is, you know, like your email list. Well, I had a very large email list and yes, maybe some folks on that email list did fall into this new uh, niche area that I was working in, but many of them didn't. And so it was basically like starting from ground zero and almost kind of like, like a coming out process. Like, Hey, this is me. All these people who I've seen for years on a weekly basis, like don't know this about me at all. I'm being super vulnerable and putting it out there uh, to this group of people that maybe like didn't even, they're like, yeah, okay, that's fine, but that's not me. So like, when can I come to a vinyasa class? You know, like, yeah, So it was, it was a bit rocky at first. And then I'm still re I'm still rebuilding my, my audience, you know, sort of 18 months into this new, like a concerted effort of working with the child that's not by choice uh, population. I did a whole new, like I did a, I thought it was going to be a rebrand, but then Halfway through the rebrand process, I realized that it was just adding another brand because I do want to open the studio at some point to serve my Salt Spring Island local clientele. And so it was a, like a very, I was like spiraling around and around and around. Like, do I have two brands? Do I have one? Can I have the umbrella brand and have all these other different things? And then it, I got advice from lots of folks and unanimously they were like, no, it needs to be separate. It needs to be different. You need to just wait because the, the population that I'm speaking to is so specific with it and the languaging is a certain way. And there's a lot of sensitivity and care uh, that needs that specific sensitivity and care that needs to go into it that, it would just work better to have a whole separate business name, website, social media presence, all that kind of thing. And because around, you know, the beginning of 2021, I was already exhausted with all of <laughs> from 2020. Yes. I was really kind of resistant to that. It's like, oh my goodness, like I don't know if I have the bandwidth to handle two of everything, you know. But I did follow the advice and I did go with the two of everything. And I'm most days I'm good with it. <laughs> with the two, I can handle it. And it does make a lot of sense uh, when speaking to such a specific audience uh, to, to have it really tailored and separated off. 
Yeah, I'm so glad that you spoke to that because there is a lot of advice out there that tells people, just generally speaking, if you're doing research, to sort of meld everything together so you're not doing two of everything. But that's also been my experience as well. I market my yoga studio, but also I'm not a regular weekly teacher in that yoga studio, which is, I realize, weird for studio owners, but I have a team and they're amazing. And then I just get a like make really weird memes and special guest stars sometimes when I like come in. I have like, actually, there's one that just got posted today because I'm subbing for somebody's 4.30 class tonight. And the bottom says like normally all of the memes say things like vinyasa yoga or slow flow yoga. Mine just says whatever weird yoga stuff's in her brain with Rebecca at (laughs) 4.30. Like, I don't know what you're getting, but we're going. Just come. (laughs) But that's like one side of what my business is. And then this other side is me talking about all of our experiences as yoga professionals, because I felt, I also felt really called to speak to that community. And sometimes they overlap, but most of the time they really don't. And what you said, like, like there was a point that when you just said, like, you were vulnerable in sharing this part of you with your in-person clients that they didn't know about you before hit like that landed for me. Cause I do the same. Like every time I say our working conditions are crap for the most part, my working conditions were horrible for a lot of years. Like, and then people go, Oh my God, I knew you then though. <laughs> and I'm like, uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> did. And you <laughs> loved my classes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) do you do you feel how did your core audience receive that new thing or do you not speak to them at all is it just a whole brand new list did you try and morph anybody from your core audience into this new side of your business yeah so I did send out like initially when I first launched uh, the first session of a course that I'd put together uh, for the Child is Not by Choice community, I did send it to my you know, old list. Yeah. Um, and a ton of people unsubscribed. Uh, I got uh, quite a few really nice, empathetic emails from people, you know, saying, oh, I didn't know this about you. Uh, thank you for sharing, like, and then sort of sharing their own experiences, that kind of thing. And then, you know, a handful of quote unquote helpful emails, people making Uh. suggestions about what I, what I should do to remedy my situation. And, but yeah, that was that. Um, (laughs) So there were a few people who um, sort of migrated over to my new list, but not not in general. My whole, my new list is a a brand new group of people. So what percentage of work do you do in both sides of your business now? Is it 50-50 on each side or something different? It depends what you mean by work. If you mean like work I'm getting paid for or work that I'm doing behind the scenes. To like I would say general, generalized effort. Let's say generalized, generalized effort. How much time do you spend mm-hmm. on one versus the other? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like likely one pays you more than the other one does, but oh. that's just part of the morphing, I think, into a new business strategy. Yeah, for sure. 
Uh, so I spend more actual time and effort on uh, my offerings and everything to do with child that's not by choice community. But what's supporting me in my life and what I'm getting paid for is my private work with clients from that are local here. And then uh, the online uh, membership that is aimed at my previous uh, brick and mortar clients. Okay. That makes sense. So those days, especially when you're launching a new product offering service into the world, what are you telling yourself on those days when you get all this unsubscribes and you're not quite getting paid from them yet, but you feel like you have this offering that you want to share? Because I think that's pretty, that's a very common experience with the yoga professional community. Like I have this thing I want to talk about, but everybody expects me to be their vinyasa teacher for example, or your, you know, Iyengar teacher, what do you, what's that dialogue like in your brain? Cause some days it's hard for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some days it's really hard for me too, but I really am so committed to, to this community, to the childless community and feel like it can be such benefit that that's what really keeps me going and then when I meet with and talk with with people in that community that say you know thank you so much for doing this work you know like I get I get a lot of personal emails or or and dms people saying like thank you I just the other day um somebody I have a um a free guide to something that I call reclaiming your body and uh, so it, it's for childless women and a way to, like, there's a lot of suggestions in there and they're really sort of uh, expansive and a lot of them very simple, like drinking water and noticing when you're thirsty, which sounds like, yeah, duh. But when you've been through a huge process that you maybe have been doing fertility treatments and or, you know, suffering losses and your body is just all over the place coming back to yourself and really noticing like what's actually happening on that very basic level can be very empowering. So somebody who downloaded that guide and then wrote me saying like, you know, thank you so much. This is totally, I've been uh, neglecting my body, having all of these thoughts and feelings about it. And I know this is what I need to do to heal. Like those things keep me going. So I take little snapshots of those and like keep them around to be like, okay, yeah, this is it. And also other being connected with other women entrepreneur yoga entrepreneurs who are doing the, the same thing, but in their, their own niche, you know, like knowing that I'm not alone on so many levels, like, like not alone in my experience with being childless, but also not alone in my experience of trying to do this thing on the internet you know yeah that's so and i will say for the audience sarah and i sarah jane and i know each other from our business community the inner circle that we run through the platform marvelous which is what my virtual community is on and i know sarah jane's is on that too um and i can't say enough times how grateful i am to have that group of humans just to like i mean the coaching is great too don't get me wrong but also it's like you guys (laughs) like like i just love you all um yeah yeah it's huge yeah 
that community online is like so key to keep you going. So find yourself a community. If you don't have one, go find one, go start one, go find another yoga professional who's trying to do something similar Mm. and just talk about how weird it is. Cause (laughs) before I hit record, Sarah Jane and I were talking about how weird our jobs were. (laughs) Like, I mean, someday I'm just going to have a podcast where I invite people on to tell the weird stuff that yoga folks have said to us, like our students have said to us over the years. Cause it's some of them are strange and absurd and there will be like some sort of child explicit warning for all the weird things that people have said to us. <laughs> and I think that it's it's healthy for us as yoga professionals to talk about that and talk about our experiences. Um, so tell me this. What one thing would you say to folks who are not let me try and phrase this right, because you had said that when you sent out that first initial email to folks at your old list, you had a lot of helpful, and I'm doing air quotes, helpful responses. Mm-hmm. So do you have a guide for folks who are unfamiliar with the childless, not by choice community? What do you say to that human in front of you who is having a similar experience? How mm. are you not super cringy? Mm-hmm. Uh, something super simple like that sounds really hard I see you're you see you're struggling and I feel for you if you feel like talking I'm I'm here to listen and I promise I won't make helpful comments or you know ask intrusive questions I care about you and uh, I support you it is that simple friends mm-hmm it is that simple. I see you. I am here to listen. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. I know I know there are people out there who just want to know what to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thanks for asking because it is it's important. People want we all want to offer help. You know, you and I are both in helping professions, so it's yes. sort of like it's often a knee-jerk reaction. Somebody is struggling. We're like, okay, what can we do to help? But oftentimes, you know, intention and impact, as we know, have very different resonances. And listening more than talking is uh, is always uh, a good rule of thumb. Ooh, I couldn't agree more. Okay, so Sarah Jane, before you go, will you share with us one self-care tip that you do for yourself in your daily life, in your weekly life, running an online business, staying sane as a yoga professional during COVID? I mean, I feel sketchy about the sanity thing some days, (laughs) (laughs) but but I'm still here and you're still here. We're in it now. (laughs) Yeah, I would say at around 3.30 every day, I close the computer and I go out for a walk with my dog. And being outside, getting into the woods, breathing the fresh air, getting out of the, you know, whatever little box or spiral I've got myself into that day and just sort of expanding my view, uh, you know, literally looking around and uh, and moving my body is... Uh, is my general go-to. Do you do that even in the winter time? Cause on, we are recording on the 550th day of January. 
because it feels like the longest month ever. Do you go out in the winter too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we live in a temperate place. We have snow maybe for a week every year. It's mainly just rainy and cold. But, you know, we're West Coast. We got rain gear. We got gum boots. And my dog has to go out. Like, there's no, there's no not going. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So... If you're somewhere not so temperate, like where I am in Iowa, where it was like negative four last week, I still go out. Sarah Jane goes out. Get outside. It helps. Especially it really does. In the longest month of the year, January, by like 800 days. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, Sarah Jane. Will you tell everybody where they can find you online? Yeah, the best place is on Instagram at embodied possibility so mm. through my profile there you can find everywhere that i am i have a youtube channel and uh send out some pretty good blog posts newsletters for the uh, community but that's the best place to find me just yeah on instagram okay y'all go find her she has good content <laughs> thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you Thank you so much, Sarah Jane, for this really interesting and lovely conversation. Make sure you go check her out at Embodied Possibility on Instagram. And if you love our podcast, head to the website workinginyoga.com and click the button that says support. That will take you to our virtual offerings, how you can add a tip jar. You can also subscribe monthly. Um, to get exclusive content just for our subscribers. So thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.